The Welcome to the Show podcast is independently produced by me, CT, and Manny Gomez. Help find our show by taking two minutes to leave a five-star rating and a review wherever you listen. Visit audibletrail.com slash welcome to the show for a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial. All right, we're back with the Welcome to the Show podcast. I'm CT, and... uh Unfortunately, my co-host Manny could not be here today because he's on vacation. Isn't that nice? You get to just go away whenever you want to escape your troubles, but not in the real world. All right, let's get back to it. I had a call in a favor today. Uh, I got my cousin here, Ivy. He knows a lot about baseball, so we're going to stick to baseball. Usually, I mean, lately we've been trying to incorporate current events and topics and movie reviews and stuff, but we're just going to stick to baseball today. So uh, what's up, Ivy? How you doing, son? I'm good, man. Call me CT. CT. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. Something's weird. Something's in the air. The water's dirty. I don't know. But the Mets are relevant again. And the Red Sox, 14 and a half games out of first place. What the fuck? What what is going on? Oh, man. We're going to start with the Mets. All right? So, it's a, it's, it's a two-part... Wow, it's hot down here. I'm sweating. That's why we're drinking beer. <laughs> um, it's a two-part discussion about the Mets. They're on fire. I got some stats here. They're one game over 500 since May 2nd. In the beginning of the year, I think they started off 15-7, and seven, something crazy like that. It was the same thing as the year before. Yeah. Um, they're one game... As of yesterday, they, they played a doubleheader with the Marlins. They beat them. DeGrom pitched amazing. Uh, they're finally one game over 500 since May 2nd, 17-6 and six since the All-Star break. I think that's the best record in that span. And 11 of the last 12 they've won, uh, and they're two and a half games out of the wild card. I'm not saying they're going to win the division. As a matter of fact, I know they're not going to win the division. Yeah, definitely not. I don't buy any of this Mets shit. They're definitely not winning the division. How, how, how far are they from the division? I'm not sure. Eight and a half. Yeah, they're definitely not winning the division. All right, they're eight and a half games out of the division, but they're two and a half out of the wild card. So that's yeah. It, we can at least agree that they might might get the wild card, the second spot. But here's the thing: I don't think they are. I don't think so either. I don't buy any of this mess shit because I said it in a couple of episodes previously that uh, leading up to the trade deadline, they were all about like, are the Mets going to sell Syndergaard? Are they going to sell Wheeler? Are they going to do this and that? We find out that they traded for Marcus Stroman because they actually wanted to flip him to the Yankees, and that didn't work out. So what I think happened at the trade deadline was that they had a plan to uh, stack up on a lot of prospects and, and you know assets for the future, but maybe they didn't find suitable buyers for Syndergaard and Wheeler. Maybe the Mets don't know how to trade. <laughs> so for all, for all we know, they... they they, they had good deals in front of them, and they didn't take them because they thought they were getting low-balled or something. I don't know. But I think that whole thing backfired. All of a sudden, they're hot. If they knew they were going to be this hot, why would they get rid of Jason Vargas, who's basically their be- most efficient pitcher this year, right? Um, but I said it before, before the trade deadline. The Mets are going to give you hope leading up to the trade deadline because that's what the Mets do. And then right when they're in the, grisp, the grasp of... of making the wild card or, or making the playoffs, they're going to revert back to the old Mets. And if you notice, their bullpen still isn't pitching good. Nah. And Pete Alonso's slumping. All these other guys are starting to step it up. Like, Ahmed Rosario, like, out of nowhere now, he can hit and field. You know? 
Jeff McNeil to me to me has been their most consistent player. Uh, Michael Conforto is another one for the most for the bigger half of the year. He was trash. Now he's carrying the Mets. So I don't buy any of this shit. What do you think? Well, <laughs> I mean, you said a lot. That's what I do, man. That's what I do. All right, I'm not gonna say I buy it or don't buy it, right? Because I'm a little bit in the middle right now when it comes to them. They're definitely not winning the division. I'm definitely gonna say that they're not winning the division. Eight and a half game is a lot for them. The wild card, I still think they could probably maybe can win the wild card. Or I mean, not win the wild card, get a wild card spot. Mm-hmm. But you said there was seventeen and six since the All Star break. Seventeen and six. How many of those teams were above 500? Not yeah. a lot. A lot of the teams they played are under, five, under 500, just trash. Yeah, they, um, let's see here. So with teams over 500, they're 27 and 38. The Marlins are 25 and 57. Wow. Oh, I guess everybody that the Marlins plays for the most part. I don't really know how to read this stat too much. How could the Marlins be 25 and 57 against team? Is it when they play a team over 500? It's when they play the a team, team is over 500? It is, is over 500. Okay, so that's that is a little bit misleading. But still, uh, yeah, you're right. Their schedule hasn't been all that hard. And I think it's a. Recently. Yeah, recently. Yeah. I think it's about to get a little bit harder. Yeah. But they're about to play the Nationals. That's only, to me, that. Yeah, no, but I think they're also going to play the Nationals. The Braves are, are supposedly coming up in um, part of the schedule. And I'm pretty sure the Philly at one point they're gonna have to play. So they're playing, they're playing some of the top teams in the division next. So that's the reason why I'm kind of stuck in the middle. If they play good against the Nationals and Braves, like the top teams in their division, then I'm kind of buying them making it to the wild card. Here's a, here's an interesting stat to get a little bit off topic. The Cubs only have 21 road wins. That's the, crazy. In the National League, the only other team with less is the Marlins with 20. Yeah, but they, they kill at home. Really. They do. They, they're 40 and 18 at home. That's crazy. That's a little bit getting off track. Yeah. <laughs> Let me just reiterate. I don't buy any of this Mets stuff. It just seems all too good like a team that I saw for what they really were for the most part of the year. They were only good in April. They've sucked since May 2nd, I guess, because that's Pretty the much. last time they were <laughs> they were in over 500. And out of nowhere, they're just supposed to become like this team in the division with the Braves. Nah, man, I don't buy it. I think the I think the National League is. I don't think it's as good as the American League, maybe. But I still don't see the Mets even making it the wild card, man. Even with their so-called newly uh, named the Flushing Five. I don't know if you've heard of that. The Flushing Five. Did somebody give her that name? <laughs> somebody gave them that name because I've been hearing it lately. <laughs> Well, this is the thing. I do like with them adding uh, Marcus Stroman. I do like their their pitching rotation because Marcus Stroman is way better than Jason Vargas. The guy he was dominating the American League East. You know that every ballpark is a hitter ballpark. Every team, even the Orioles who are trash, is a power hitting team. Yep. And he he still has an ERA what in the twos, and like a one a one point two WHIP or, or under that. Yeah, so adding adding that to their their rotation, if Syndergaard could could be Syndergaard, like dominant, like what well, he could be, just him, Degrom, and Stroman in the, in the top of the rotation, that gives me a little buy-in 
to them getting that second wild card spot. But it all depends what they do in the following weeks. I know they have a series against the Braves, and I know they have a series against the Nationals. So I'm looking at these stats, and they're a little bit misleading because the Mets have been hot as of late. Mm-hmm. But they're three. They have a run differential of three. Three. With their starting pitching, their run differential is three. That means that they don't score a lot of runs, and their bullpen is trash. That's what I think. So that hasn't changed. They've been they're hitting better than last year, but they're still not a well-rounded, good hitting team. Like I guess Conforto stepped it up. Uh Rosario stepped it up. Cano was stepping it up, and now he's injured. Yeah. So I really don't think any of this is gonna change. I think it's all fluff, whatever. I could be wrong, but I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna understand why the Mets are out of the, sitting out of the playoffs come September, October, whenever the fuck the playoffs start. Sorry for cursing. Yeah, I can, I can, like if they miss if they miss the playoffs, I I can't understand it. Right? But I honestly think they might be in contention for that second wild card spot into the final few weeks. I can see that happening. All right. Now this is the second part of the discussion that I wanted to have. Because even though I'm, I just ripped the Mets, that consider all this kind of just hype and not, nothing's going to happen. Yeah, I, I ripped the Mets. That's what I do. But <laughs> even though I consider this all kind of hype and everything, it's still, it's still, no, I still have to note that they went from being 10 games under 500 or worse to now they're one game over 500. Yeah. They're actually back in the mix. So I, I do give credit to that. With that credit, though, does this mean that Mickey Calloway gets another chance next season? Is his contract up after this year? I haven't looked at his contract. I'm just thinking in terms, if you had a choice to keep Mickey Calloway as the manager of the Mets, does he get another chance? I would say no because I can't look past all the shit that's gone on this season, all his inter- all his post-game interviews, his logic, his reasoning for certain things, how the Mets just look flat for most of the season. So I don't think Mickey Calloway should be the manager next year of this team. If, they, if you think about it, they're going to have pretty much the same type of roster except this time Pete Alonso's a year older, Jeff McNeil's still going to be there. You still have the same starting pitching if they sign Wheeler. Um, so do we want Mickey Callaway being the manager? I say no. What do you what do you think? You think that he should get another chance to be the manager of the Mets? I I think he does have another year. I'm, yeah, I'm right. See, well, the contract stuff, right. So if the contract stuff doesn't really matter or anything, there's one thing. I haven't listened to any of his post-game interviews. I don't get time for that. He word. sounds like an idiot sometimes. <laughs> I'm not surprised because, like, we're working stuff. Like, you know, I, I work the night shift, so sometimes I don't get a chance to to listen to all these stuff. But this Mets team should have a better record than what they have. And I feel like some of – I have watched some of the Mets game, and his some of his decision-making, kind of iffy. Yeah. Kind of iffy. So if I was the Mets – and there was, like, his contract ends this year, I wouldn't bring him back. Yeah, because, like, Edwin Diaz hasn't been that great. That He hasn't been good this year, right? He's he's get, He almost get, walks a batter every time he comes up. Um, He gives up a run. The other day they had, like, a 7-2 lead. The game ended up being, like, 7-5 or whatever. I don't know. He, he seems to always give up something when he comes in after being so dominant last year. I'm not saying get rid of Edwin Diaz, which I'm happy the Mets didn't trade him at yes, this, this offseason. I think that was a good move. But at least, like, move him out of the closer role. Like, stop stop rolling him out there to close games out. But do they have a better option, like, in their bullpen right now? Lugo's been pretty good. Lugo's been pretty good. Apparently, he's been pretty good. I don't watch too many Met games, but Seth Lugo's been been pretty good, yeah. 
But what I'm saying is, is like they they're on this road. Yesterday I was listening to the game. They're they're the first game against the Marlins. Um, he brings in Edwin Diaz for the for the. It, it became a it became a safe. They were winning, I think, six two or they were they had a four run lead in the ninth. And he brings in Edwin Diaz, right? They need this game to be five hundred. So he brings in Edwin Diaz, and I think he walks the first batter, strikes out the first batter, walks the second batter. I don't know, but the bottom line is that it ends up becoming a safe situation because the tying run was on deck. And I'm just like, yo, like this game, even though you're just gonna be five hundred, it's it's July, it's August sixth, fifth, whatever. It's August fifth, and you're about to just be five hundred, even though you're still, oh, you know, a long ways from from getting to a playoff spot. Why why not roll out your your better relief pitcher to get that 500 game, you know? I don't know. I feel like he keeps rolling Edwin Diaz out there in the closer role and I don't get it, but my I would say I wouldn't want Mickey Callaway to be the manager next season. Based off of, I know they've had a good run and this deserves like some credit, but still. And I also got to say something I also got to be honest that if you bring in Edwin Diaz with a four-run lead and he doesn't get it done, that's not Mickey Calloway's fault. I agree. Yeah. But something's happening there. I don't know. I, would, I wouldn't bring it back. Because I've seen... How long has he's been the manager for? For the past two years? Or is it three? I think, he, I think he started being the manager like started, halfway last season. I don't know I don't yeah, know if he started. He started, he started around the same year that Aaron Boone started. How long has Aaron Boone been the Yankees? Since like, last year. The last year the last it was year. Alex Cora, Boone, and... So I think that was his first year also. Oh, okay. Last yeah, but year. I thought he started, like, I didn't know he started the season. With yeah, he started the season. Yeah, I'm, I'm, not, sure I'm not a fan. I'm pretty sure. I'm not 100% sure, so don't at me at this. <laughs> if, anybody <laughs> knows, if anybody knows any of my handles. Mickey Callaway is 44 years old. Yeah, he's young. Like, for a manager, that's... He doesn't look 44. <laughs> being a manager, you get some years it's, tacked it's, on Being a manager, you know what I mean? Alex Cora looks pretty good. Yeah, but he's bald. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you're, you're not going to see no gray hair. Like, he's always shaved. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> All right. We're going to talk some Yankees and Red Sox and AL East. Uh, the Red Sox, we have to talk. We were going to avoid talking about the Red We're both Red Sox fans. We're going to avoid talking about the Red Sox, but we can't. They just got swept by the Yankees over the weekend. Uh, life sucks. I'm not gonna lie. You know, you you got to question wearing wearing the hat, wearing the the colors after what they put us through that weekend. I mean, they didn't do shit <laughs> that weekend, and they got swept by the Rays right before that. Like you you talk about the worst possible thing that could have happened, and right when they were coming up, they had they had just. Won three out of four games against the Yankees the weekend before. Like, now they come in and they, they get swept by the Rays, who's ahead of them in the division now, who they were ahead of when that series ended with the Yankees. They're behind the Rays again. Then the Yankees sweeped them. And it wasn't just like a, a sweep. Like, they whooped our ass. So, both teams. Yeah, they fight. Chris Sale shit the bed. David Price shit the bed. Who you know? Eduardo Rodriguez. So basically, the Red Sox are 14 and a half games out of first place as of today. They won yesterday against the Royals at home. I personally think home games are a big thing for the Red Sox, even though they have a better away record. That Yankee series, I'm 
finally happy I have a, a, a Red Sox fan on on the on the show because I could finally say this without when get a get a get a get the reaction that I think I'm looking for. Don't you think it's kind of weird that all these series happened in the Bronx up until last last weekend? What like most of the Red Sox and Yankees games, and the two games in London were were Fenway games. I don't know that London series was the weirdest shit ever. Yeah. I know it was. I know it was. It was weird, but I'm saying like, wouldn't like why can't why can't we alternate? You know, a little bit of Yankee Stadium, a little bit of Fenway. Like we've played. I think the Yankees are ten and four against us, and I think we've played think we've so. we've played ten of those games in in Yankee Stadium. We're gonna end up playing more games in Fenway. Yeah, because it should be even. By the end of the season, it should be. Except those two London games. Except were, those two London were, were games. Family games. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But like, after, like us being the home team and them being the home team, mm-hmm. it should be even by the end of the year. But yeah. So we got about maybe like 50 games left in the season. We're 14 and, 14 and a half games out. What's it, How's it looking? How do you think it's looking? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> this is it's horrible, man. And yeah, I'm a I'm a die I'm a die hard Red Sox fan. Let it out, man. <laughs> but these last these last two series, yo, holy shit, yo, it made me want to cry. <laughs> it really was bad, man. It was like, terrible. When we when going into that going into that Yankees series at Fenway, we weren't doing too bad. Like the pitching was coming around. We were whooping teams' ass with the lineup. Yeah, we were playing good. We played. We won two out of the three against the Rays. Yeah. I was like, all right, we're getting to a good start because we were going to play the Rays, the Yankees, the Rays, and then the Yankees. That's how that's how it was supposed to be our next four series. We started off nice. We win three against the Yankees, and we lose the last one. Then we go against the Rays. I'm like, all right. We started off good. I'm expecting us to win this series again, to win two. I'm expecting us to split. At the very least, split Chris uh, Sale start. Yeah, well, with the Yankees, I was expecting to split. With the Rays, no. Oh, you're I talking was, about the Rays. Yeah, you're yeah. talking about the Rays. Cause I'm talking about like these four series, how we won the first two, and then uh, and then I was expecting you know to us to win against the Rays again, win two, maybe lose one, mm-hmm. and then with the Yankees, I was expecting to go like two and two. That shit did not happen. Yeah. <laughs> nah, man, and it's like, it, it like I don't know, man, like. We something's wrong with Chris Sale. Something he, I don't want to say he signed his money and just. I no. I've never considered Chris Sale the player to to take a night off. Like I feel like he's a competitor. He's gonna pitch to the best of his ability every time. But like it's just such a coincidence that he signs that great extension, and now he's he hasn't won a game in Fenway since last year, since last season. He didn't win one this year so far? He hasn't won a game in Fenway. That's crazy. I thought, all right, I don't know what's up with Chris Sale. But I listened to a recent interview. I'm not going to mention who was talking or where I heard it because I'm not going to give none of those people props on this podcast. All right? <laughs> <laughs> but there's one guy that I was listening to. He was a former, he's a former pitcher oh, okay. for, for the Red Sox. Okay. And he said that he has noticed at times that Chris Sale's tipping his pitches. I don't know if he's making that up or he's actually has noticed something. But how, like, how does a how does a guy like Chris Sale? I can understand Severino when they said he was tipping his pitches yeah. because he this is like his third, fourth full season, right? Mm-hmm. 
But how does a guy like Chris Sale, who's like in his like seventh season, how is he tipping his pitches? Like, isn't tipping your pitches something that you can, that you, you don't just like? I feel like it just doesn't start happening out of nowhere. Like, I don't know. I don't understand how he has gotten to the point that he's tipping his pitches. I heard the Grom was tipping his pitches too. So that's another one that I'm like, I'm kind of like, how the hell do these guys start pit- tipping their pitches out of nowhere? So. I really like. I didn't even think about that, right? I just thought Chris Sales has been struggling. Was tipping your pitches still like considered like that, right? But I wasn't thinking like, oh, he's tipping his pitches, right? And I really didn't notice because I, I didn't get a chance to watch uh, his game because it was what on Saturday was it when he pitched? Mm-hmm. So we were in New York the whole time, so I didn't really get to watch that game to to notice if this interview what this guy was talking about was actually true. So he said that he feels like Chris Hill has lack confidence, right? Okay. And that sometimes changing your tempo, sometimes because like maybe on a fastball you go one two and you throw, and then when you, when you're coming with the all speed, you might you might sit and you might go one two three four, like you know like take more time and so throw you're saying that. you're saying that he's he's not tipping his pitches. Like on the way of delivering the ball, he's he's just being he's just becoming predictable. He's probably he's probably coming predictable and saying maybe with supposedly with the tempo, but then he also did say that he noticed that his arm slot on different pitches is not always the same. But I me I didn't have a notice none of that. But at the same time, I can't see none of that. <laughs> Everything looks the same. So, I maybe that's what's causing Chris Sale. Maybe he is tipping his pitches. Maybe the guys are struggling. So we're all right. So we're four, we're fourteen and a half games back from the AL East division. I, but I don't, I don't see us winning the division. That's one thing. I don't put it out of the reach because it's like we got we around. Got we got a lot of games. We got around a month and a half left. A month and a half, a good more than a month and a half left of baseball. I don't think anything's impossible. Me either. We're four. We're five and a half games out of the wild card. The the one thing that always gives me hope about us winning the division. And it goes into like a bad memory. Yeah, when we were 2012. When, what? No, no. The year that we were. The year that we were. Before 2012. The year that the Red Sox were in first by like 13 games. By about going like August. In, going and then into it, August. And then in September we were all by like nine games. Yeah. <laughs> the, and I remember the Mets were also good, and they blew it. I remember that. And we we blew it coming down to the last game. Fucking. The Orioles came in and snuck in, and. Were they the one that snuck in? No, the, no, no. It was they, the Rays. They, they beat us. To get us out of it. To get us out of it. Yeah. I think in a walk-off. God damn you, Evan Longoria hits that <laughs> little cheap home run over, the, over that short-ass <laughs> fence in, in Tampa Bay. And we're kicked out of the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, man. I don't so put that's it, the one thing that gives, gives me hope for us winning the division. I don't put it past the Red Sox by a, by a miracle. It'll, it'll take a miracle. And the Red Sox game is about to start here. This now, guy man. needs to start stepping up. We traded for your ass, yo, so you better pitch a goddamn good game. Andrew Cashner is about to throw his first pitch against the Royals. We should beat the Royals, man. But they could hit. They could hit. Whit Merrifield is this a beast. This guy. Yeah, Whit Merrifield is a beast. I don't know what took him so long to ever get called up here. Politics. <laughs> Probably. We're going to get into that a little bit later, too. But um, I don't. it's going to take a miracle for the Red Sox to not to get to the playoffs because five and a half games is nothing for that lineup. For yeah. anybody listening to this, five and a half games is nothing. But the reason why I don't put it past them, you know, making a run for the division, because we still have to play the Yankees a couple more times. Yeah. And the Yankees got to play people a couple more times, too. So, 
that magic has to run out sometimes. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I still see I still see us making the playoffs. I still see us Me too. Getting to the wildcard spot either with the second spot or the first spot. Who's th- who's who here's a question. Who's throwing that who's pitching that wildcard game? I'm going Chris Sale, man. All right. Before the All-Star break, I would have put David Price. But after since the All-Star break, he's kind of been He's been iffy. He's been having some really bad starts. Mm-hmm. So, with that being said, I will go with Chris Sale because that guy still be striking out. Yeah. Anybody that gets in that basketball, he still has a lot of strikeouts. I'm going David Price if we're maybe if, we're, if that game is played in Fenway, maybe. But if that wild card game ends up being somewhere like now, if David Price has, doesn't step it up from here until the end of the season. I'm not putting him in. I will still go with Chris Sale, even if it's in Fenway. Yeah. All right. What Merrifield starts off with a double, guys. Jesus Christ. All right. We're going to change the subject here. We've talked enough about the Red Sox. Actually, you know what? Actually, I do want to say one other thing about Chris Sale. Part of me feels like the Red Sox don't play as good when Chris Sale pitches. Just because the other day, it was before his last start. So I don't know if his last start affects this, this number pretty bad. His last start before the no, last, no, his last start yeah, his was last against start, Yankees. His, yeah, Fenway, so, seven strikeouts. So I heard this before that start, right? He still has FIP. Uh, that's uh, only what the pitcher can control, right? Like that's what what his ERA should be, kind of like. Yeah. If I'm right, he still has like one of the best FIPs, which some of these saber metric stuff I really don't understand. So let me explain. His FIP right now is 3.54 and his ERA is 4.68. That means that FIP is FIP, according to my good co-host Manny. Manny, shout out to you, man. I hope you're listening to this. I hope you're having a oh, good time out. out there. Yeah, he's out in a review play that we're watching here in the Red House game. But FIP is a stat that takes the team out of it. So it only takes into account, I guess, home runs, strikeouts. Only stuff that only the pitcher yeah, has like control walks, over. Like yeah. stuff like that. So if you have a better FIP than your ERA, that means that you are actually pitching better than what your team, I guess, has has allowed you to to do. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like you see, like his FIP. So I don't know because the Yankee game they rock, they rock for sale. But I don't know what it was before that, where he had like a pretty good FIP. Like I remember, yeah, it was like in the three something. It is. A, I, I consider that a good fit yeah. because it's it's a whole run under his ERA. So if his if if he, but it still indicates that he isn't as as Chris Sale should be because his FIP last season was one point nine eight. Yeah, last year last year he was just dominating. Yeah, but I also like yeah like I feel like the rest has don't play as good sometimes. Like I feel like they make more mistakes sometimes defensively when when he's pitching, and even last year, yo, we gotta start scoring this guy some runs. Yep. I agree. We're one of the we are now I'm not gonna say we're one of the best offense. I think we are the best offense. But when he's pitching, I feel like we can't even score two runs. So people usually rank offenses by the runs they scored, and the Red Sox right now have the most runs scored in MLB. Most runs. But the highest we have, we have, average. We have more we have almost thirty more runs than the Dodgers. Yeah. We have six more runs than we have five more runs than the Yankees. And if you go through the offensive stats, we have the highest batting average. Mm. We have the most runs mm. and the most RBIs, which mm. kind of shows why we have the most runs. No, we're beast. We're a beast lineup. We're still a yeah. beast team, bro. Yo, watch out for the Red Sox. And you know what I'm saying? What's crazy? 
I am I'm surprised that our team is ranked first in any pitching categories, but we have the most strikeouts as pitchers. We're striking out the most? Yes. Batters? The wow. last the last time I saw it last week, we had the most strikeouts. Mm. And that's just that's I was trying not to curse, but that that surprised me. No, right? you can you can curse I, on I, this. I know. You can curse on the show. It's just it's that I podcast. know you can curse on this on this podcast. The point is that I know there's some children out there, and I know who you are. Yeah, I know. But that, the U.S. government cannot censor me. <laughs> <laughs> the government can't censor us, though, so feel free to curse. But, yeah, and I was surprised. I was like, oh, shit, we really ain't, like, we just need to stop these people from scoring. <laughs> talking about the Yankees is almost like talking about everything we just talked about, except yeah. that because they're in the same division. They, they swept us last week. All credit goes to the Yankees. I can't lie. I don't know what the fuck is going on. I don't give a fuck that I just cursed. I don't care. I don't know what's going on with all these injuries, and they still don't seem to lose. What do you think it is? <laughs> They'd be eating their lucky charms, yo. They got a, they got here, a bowl of luck. <laughs> but here's the real question. Why hasn't Clint Frazier been called up yet? Honestly, I don't know. Do you know... Do you have any... Because I haven't really heard about him, The right? last thing I remember is... Let me tell you. The last thing was that he got sent down when people started coming back. I think when Judge came back or when... Uh, yeah, when Judge Stan and came Stan back, and All these guys started Because they all back. came back like around the same week. He got he got sent down and he was upset about it. He even said something to the media. There was, an, there was a, a, a time where he completely shit the bed in defense and... In that one game, and they mm-hmm. lost, and he didn't talk to the media. And I know for the Yankees, that's like a big no-no. But yeah, we're talking about a kid. I'm looking at the AL East, a, not AL East, American League Rookie of the Year candidates. And based off of his averages, he might have been the he he could be if allowed to play the full season. He could be the American League Rookie of the Year. So right before he got sent down, he was hitting uh, 283, 11 home runs. 843 OPS, all this in 53 games. I understand that, like, Talkman and these these dudes are producing. You still got, like, uh, what, what's this guy? Um, Mabin. Mm-hmm. They're hitting and stuff. I understand that, but don't you want a guy like Clint Frazier in your, in your team? He's kind of like a spark plug. Like, he's young. His bat speed is incredible. Like, I know his defense isn't great, but with Gary Sanchez out and Voight out, I think Voight is still out. Yeah, voice still out. Put him in the DH slot. This is the perfect time. <laughs> For real. All right, so that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know. Because since he got sent down, like, I heard the interview before he got sent down about him being mad. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, if I was in his shoes, I hope he's mad too. Hell yeah. I'm performing, and I get it that your two top stars are coming back up. But I've been performing. Like, I earned the spot. But whatever. Since he got sent down, I haven't heard about what he's been doing in the minors. I don't know if he's performing or underperforming. I'll I'll look those up as you... you. Right? So I don't understand why the Yankees don't call him up. Mm -hmm. Like how you said, with Luke Voigt being injured, Giancarlo Stan has only played nine games in this year. What's draft pick? (laughs) (laughs) So you picked picked Giancarlo Stan... Second your round. second round. Second round. I picked Aaron Judge. Those I regret that. So yeah, much. but at least you've gotten games. I've had nine, nine <laughs> games. <laughs> nine games out of Giancarlo. Why did you pick Giancarlo then? Because I was gonna pick Judge, and then you went, with, you went, with, you went, you got Judge, and then I was next. And I'm like, what's the next best power here that I can think of? Giancarlo Stanton. Because JD, JD was out already. Yeah. But Yelich was still there. Regret not picking him. 
But when I get into fantasy, so I'm gonna go back to what I was saying. So yeah, with with Luke Voigt being injured, with uh, Gary Sanchez being injured, is there anybody else in the offense that's uh, Aaron let me, Hicks? Let me tell you, we'll stick we'll stick to the. Go ahead, I don't know. I don't know why they don't call him up, even to just DH. Like I honestly don't get it. Listen, I believe in I believe in karma and all that. Not that I believe in it so much that like it, it runs my life, but. I believe that if the Yankees are trying to teach Clint Frazier a lesson, when this guy all he all he did was play good baseball, yeah, he didn't choose to be traded to the Yankees, right? Yeah, he really he, did. He would have been a starter in MLB, probably on any other team. I get that the Yankees have a lot of talent, but if the Yankees are doing this just to kind of like get him back for for acting like a baby while he was up here and not and not wanting to go down to the minors, then I don't know, man. I think the Yankees got something coming their way. And that's all I'm gonna say. Here's another thing. I know people criticize his defense, but I'm not 100% sure about this. But I'm pretty sure when the Yankees traded for him, he was a third baseman. I think you're right. Right? I think he was an infielder, yeah. So him playing bad defense in the outfield, the guy's just learning how mm-hmm. to play the outfield. Like, yo, you're going to see some shitty defense from from him. So, like, pre- all right. <clears throat> sticking sticking on, on, the, uh, on the Yankees. I don't understand baseball, right? Because they'll take a player out of a game for something stupid, like like cramps, right? Mm-hmm. But Glaber Torres had to go to the hospital on the last game of, of the on Sunday, the last game of the of the Red Sox series. They yeah. had to go to the hospital. He went to the hospital for a core condition. Core. Mind you, Aaron Judge missed like two and a half months of baseball because of a core injury this season. I'm thinking like Glaber Torres is gonna be day to day at the very least. He's in the lineup the next day. <laughs> so what? What was this? this guy just, I don't know. He must have had some gas or some shit. I was about like, to say, was he constipated? <laughs> yeah. <or just>? Like, <laughs> like they'll 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 take a pitcher with a good pitch count out of a game for giving up like a run or something like that. That's not even an injury, but they're, they're so cautious about these players. But Glaber Torres goes to the hospital. Out there, there's a medical claim bill with hmm. Glaber Torres' name on Sunday, and he's in the lineup the next day. Like, I don't know, man. I don't know how baseball works, but yeah. Back to, know. back to the <laughs> Back to the Yankees, man. <laughs> my final take on the Yankees, maybe because I have my, my good Red Sox teammate here, but my final take on the Yankees is that I, I don't see them winning the World Series with this roster. With the roster that's been doing all this magic, you know, these these uh, players from the minors, they got called up to take the places of their of their original starting lineup. I don't think that's going to fly in the playoffs. More, often, more, more on that is that their pitching is ranked, in terms of ERA, their pitching as of today is ranked 18th in the major leagues. Now, I heard this on the radio that the last team, or I, I don't know if it's the last team or the only team, to win a World Series ranked that low was the Royals in 2015. They were 22nd in, in Team ERA when they won it. But I also heard that the Yankees' ERA is higher than what the, rate, than what the Royals was that year. So it's a little stat for you. I don't think they're winning either. You want to tell you why? Tell me why. All right. I'm not saying this team is going to win it, but I think they're going to make it from the American League if they all stay healthy. Houston, where they did in the tread deadline, mm-hmm. they could go three starters. 
And all three uh, throughout the whole playoff. And all those top three stars that they'll get put for you are all aces on any other team. They could go Verlander, Cole, and Granky. I'll go. I'll go Verlander, Granky, and Cole. But well, I don't. No, know, I don't I mean, know. I don't no, know how Granky. No, no, no. I'm not. I wasn't yeah. saying like an old. I'm just saying like. I don't know how Granky's. I don't know how Granky's numbers are in the postseason. I think they're pretty good. They they probably they probably are pretty good. I mean, he was on those Dodgers teams. Yeah, and yeah. I'm pretty sure his numbers were good. Like because yeah. uh, around that time, that's when uh, Clayton Kershaw will, will struggle as stars, and I feel like he was the one carrying the team. Mm-hmm. So, I feel like Houston's making it to the World Series again. But if the Dodgers make it again for a third straight year, I don't see them losing three straight years. I think if the Dodgers make it to the World Series, they're finally going to win it. Well, this is their third. This will be their third year making it. But will it be their third World Series in the last five, or did they make it another years before that? No, nah, like, it was third this straight. Because uh, before that, they lost to to the Cubs. And the Cubs make it back to back years? Or no, no, no. No, the Cubs. The Cubs. And I think make. I think they. And then before that, I think they lost to uh, to the Mets in the division series. If I'm right. No, no, they definitely lost to the Mets the year. Yeah. Because yeah. they, I, I think they're making if, if they make it to the championship series. I think that's five or six straight years they make it to the championship series. They're definitely in a streak of winning the division. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Six. Eight. Once again, I'm not sure because I don't have the stuff in front of me. So all this, all these certain stats I'm pulling out is off the top of the head. But if I'm right, it's six straight years that they've won the division. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. I'm not even gonna look it up. It's not. The point is the Dodgers and are they're gonna fake, win it, and yeah. they're gonna win the division this no, year. There's win no the way. Year, no lie, no lie. There's with that 18 games above whoever's in second. There's no way they're losing that. Mm-hmm. They could go on a, on a serious slump, and I don't think they're gonna lose it. Enough about the Red Sox and the Yankees and the AL East. Let's talk about... I wanted to talk about the Rookie of the Year, but to be honest with you, the American League Rookie of the Year, that whole race or whatever you want to call it, looks kind of dull. I'm going to read through the candidates right now as of a week ago. Yeah, go ahead. We got Brandon Lowe from the Rays. Yes. Uh... 862 OPS, 16 home runs. All right. That's pretty good for a rookie. Austin Meadows not a... Austin Meadows, is he even a rookie? That's what I was just thinking about right now. I don't think he's a rookie. He's not a rookie? I don't think he's a rookie. <laughs> you can look that up while I'm reading through these. But anyways, you read the other side. we got John Means pitcher for the Orioles. Uh, 3.12 ERA, 8-6 record, 78 strikeouts in 98 innings. Uh, we got Michael Chavis, my boy from the Red Sox. But he's kind of falling off a little bit. Uh, 749 OPS with 18 home runs, but he has 121 strikeouts. Can you believe that? Uh, everyone was praising him for getting all these home runs with with playing, you know, so few games. But you can also look. He has 121 strikeouts already. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's up there in, <laughs> in, league, in league leads. Uh, then we got Eloy Jimenez, who actually started the season with the White Sox. 18 home runs, 755 OPS, 65 hits. I personally think Elo Jimenez isn't doing that great, but he is a rookie, so you got to give him credit, you know, for at mm-hmm. least putting up some numbers. Um, and then we got Vlad Jr., who for the most part has been kind of cold, but has been on fire lately. Uh, 8.15 OPS, 13 home runs in 83 games. You asked me a question over the weekend, I think it was, that if yeah. Vlad continues with this tear, should he autom- should he get rookie of the year? Looking at this list, I think I think he might. 
I think so. So because it's not that it's not that crazy of of a you know. So so that's that's why I ask you because I know, in the uh, and it's not that these people are having bad years. When you look at it as rookie years, they're good, right? They're not amazing. They're not like all all time type of rookie of the years, like stories that you would talk about, like Aaron Judge. Yeah, but somebody has to get the award, right? Somebody has to get the award, right? If Brandon Low or Lau, because I know they always I call him Brandon Lau. <laughs> <laughs> if if because he's kind of been on a down he's kind of been on a downfall like recently like the last couple of months he's been yeah 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 so with that being said I will go with either Michael Chavis or if uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has to really figure it out and he's on a, he continues his hot streak Vlad if he can keep this up to the end of the year he's gonna win Rookie of the Year yeah. I agree. But the main reason I wanted to have... So, Vlad Jr. right now seems like he's going to leap the other other uh, rookies and, and probably take home the award. Just based off hype alone, maybe he should have got it. I don't know. But yeah, he, the, he, the, but, hype, but, the hype will get probably like voters that haven't been watching. Yeah, yeah. Be like, oh, this is Vlad. But he has been ripping it lately. So, the real debate, though, is with the National League Rookie of the Year. Now, I thought that Jeff McNeil was still considered a rookie, and I would have given it to him. Because he's been on a take. He's been so good for the Mets lately. Like, it's, it's crazy. But, Does he still have the best average? Yeah, he's, he's still league leading in average, yeah. But he's not. So that leaves us with, and maybe there's a name I'm missing, but you, you let me know. Uh, Pete Alonzo, who's been slumping as of late, but he's still pretty sure he leads all, all, all rookies in home runs with 35. Definitely. So this is, the, this is the difference between American League and National League. The American League rookies are putting up rookie-ish numbers, and the... The National League candidates are putting up like elite numbers. So we got Pete Alonso, 35 home runs, uh, 949 OPS, 105 hits. Fernando Tatis Jr., 323 batting average, 19 home runs, 970 OPS. Chris Paddock of the Padres, 3.19 ERA and 110 strikeouts in 104 innings. He has a 7 and 5 record. And I feel like he's coming off a, a bit of a struggle. So those numbers were actually better maybe like two weeks ago. Uh, Brian Reynolds. Not too many people know about Brian Reynolds, but he's on my fantasy team. I picked him up. He has 103 hits in 89 games, which is amazing. And he has a 409 on-base percentage. That might be leading all rookies that are qualified for on-base percentage. And Mike Soroka, which I, for some reason, thought he, he was ineligible because of what he did last year. But... 2.45 ERA, 102 innings, 97 strikeouts, and he has a 10 and 2 record. So, I was actually it, forgetting about him. Man. I forgot about because I, I didn't think he'd still be eligible for a rookie, but he comes up in polls. So, if I had to give it to a player, I'm giving it to Tatis, man, or Pete Alonso. Tatis or Pete Alonso would be my two uh, rookie of the years for the National League. Now, Pete Alonso is amazing. But he strikes out a lot, man. A lot. Yeah, no, <laughs> so I does Tatis. So does Tatis. But I feel like Tatis plays the defense. He's an all-around solid player. Great defense. Yeah, yeah he plays great defense. I've seen him make some plays. I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah, this, like, it wasn't all hype around this guy. This guy could really... No, the guy's he, a beast. He, could, he is a 5-2 infield. The guy, has, the guy has an arm. Like, I've seen him make some throws that I'm like... Got, like I want to know how fast he threw that ball from from short. And he's big too. He's big. Yeah. He's fast, 
right? The guy tags up from a ball in the, in, in the infield, like sliding in shallow right field from a second baseman and scores. Yeah. He's hitting. You're, he, and it's not, that, it's not just that he's sitting for power because he has power. Mm-hmm. He's sitting for average. He takes his walks. Yeah, he does strike out. But I don't think he's striking out as much as as Peter Alonso. No, no, Peter Alonso's he's, so, like, he's, he's Aaron Judge of with minus the walks. Yeah, he's Aaron Judge minus the walks. So my thing is, and so I saw the Mike Soroka uh, stats. I was gonna say that it comes down to two people, and it was gonna be Peter Alonso, Fernando Tatis. But if Mike Soroka can keep that up, it's gonna come down to them three. Mm. But I honestly agree with you. Way before uh, this this podcast started, and you told me we were going to talk about this. I was going to say Fernando Tatis Jr. is your one rookie of the year, uh, rookie of the year. And the guy, the dude is putting up like MVP numbers. Like it's not just rookie of the year. It's rookie and of he the missed year a lot numbers. of time. He had he missed a lot of time. No, Peter, he did. I, I had Peter him. Peter Alonso, if I'm right, hasn't really missed time. He hasn't missed time. Well, maybe he missed a little bit, but he has not. Nah. And like I said, he missed. For instance, he has missed time, and he's still putting up good numbers. So for me, as of right now, I'm gonna give it to Fernando Tatis Jr. Shout out to Fernando Tatis for putting Dominicans back on the map because we we took a hit with Cano. We took a hit. Now we got Tatis, Vlad Jr., Eloy Jimenez. Eloy Jimenez. The the dude that the Marlins got in the farm system. I'm pretty sure he's Dominican. What guy? Their best, their best pitching prospect, the guy that's uh, mm. pretty sure he's Dominican. I don't know, man. <laughs> the future for DR looks bright. It looks but, bright. Oh, did you see how this? Speaking of DR, since I have to, since I said Cano took a hit with that eighty game suspension, did you see how what's his name got an 80, 80 game suspension? Tim, Tim Beckham. Uh, damn, man, we forgot to mention. I should have put that as a topic on the thing, but Tim Beckham eighty game suspension. God damn, this guy, this guy needs to do anything to have a good year. <laughs> 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 I mean, he was though. He, he was he I mean, was having a career. I looked at the power number. wise. Power wise. Power. He has what fifteen? No, but what did he have before um, that? Didn't he? Didn't he have like less than that for I, his whole I, career? When I saw it on Instagram, I first saw it on Instagram, right? And I was like, Nah, is this, is this for real? So then I went out. I went out to him, right? Because because uh, the Instagram poked fun on him that all. Oh, he does uh he gets suspended for PED and still has a bad year. <laughs> the guy has 15 home runs this year. Before that, he only had ever had 22. The, the most was 22. Yeah. So he's kind of is almost like doing what he normally does. Damn. What, so I'm like, damn, this guy's using PEDs and supposedly juice balls. And he's still and he's still <laughs> having a bad year. <laughs> I'm wondering, what if he just took like something to like you know. Um, what if he just took something to like help him go to sleep at night? So like, supposedly what he took, what was it? Yeah, let me br- break it down because I actually should have included this, but we have such a jam-packed. Let's see here. Mariners infield Tim Beckham has been suspended for 80 games. Joint drug prevention treatment program. According to the league announcement, the league says Beckham tested positive for the banned performance-enhancing drug, Stanozolo. I'm glad you pronounced that. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's, let's look up. Let's look up what Stan Zolo is. Let's see. Yeah, because I saw that, and I'm like, yo, what is that? Stan <laughs> Let me turn the mic as I read this. It's a synthetic steroid that is derived from testosterone and has anabolic and andro- androgenic properties. Androgenic. That's how I would pronounce that word. 
Uh, it first came into the market. Okay, I don't give a fuck what this, what this, how it came into the market. I want to know what it does. What does it do for you? Uh, let's see. It can be administered orally. Some of its therapeutic uses include the treatment of aplastic anemia and hereditary. Dad, these words are hard to read, man. Damn, and I'm. Gonna <laughs> it has also been indicated as an adjacent therapy for the treatment of various other medical conditions, such as vascular disorders and growth failure. Side effects of stenazole include the those commonly associated with anabolic steroids, such as menstrual irregularities. Acne, it, it look. It sounds like a steroid. <laughs> it sounds just like a regular good old steroid. So yeah, and, and it looks like most sports have it banned because I kept on reading like yeah, like one lines. I'll read like one lines just to see the Olympic has it banned. It's not just baseball. So, yeah, yeah. So yeah, he 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 fucked he's up. Cheating. Yeah, he he's fucked cheating. up. He fucked up. Only got 15 home runs in the year. He's banned 236. Oh, <laughs> which war? Like I always. In our fantasy baseball chat, I'll always trash talk it because I feel like sometimes people go to that too much. But still, 0.2 war. No, but this is the perfect example of somebody that got banned taking, like, Cano got banned for taking something that's used to mask steroids. Yes. We, we we don't know what he really took. Yeah. But we let's assume, I'm going I'm to give him the benefit. I'm going to give people, you know, I'm going to agree with people that he took some. he cheated. He knows, he knew what he was doing. But look at the uproar for Cano. We might not hear about Tim Beckham's suspension tomorrow. It happened no. to it happened today. We won't hear about it tomorrow. Why? Because Tim Beckham sucks. Because <laughs> he sucks. And <laughs> I feel like since Dominican... Well, Kuno was a superstar. So that, that's one thing that I also have. But I feel like sometimes with Dominican players, since we've got since there's been so many superstar Dominicans that have gotten caught with it. Yeah. When there's another Dominican, you hear it all over. It's not just base, it's not just MLB. Yeah. It's yeah, ESPN. Yeah. Yep. Is uh yeah they shit on us yeah is any Spanish channel <laughs> yeah yeah it goes crazy but I'm just saying like it's, it's like just take Tim take Tim Beckham as an as an example like this guy could have taken the Barry Bonds and A Rod stuff and I'm pretty sure he still would have been Tim Beckham he, still he, been he wasn't Tim gonna Beckham. jack sixty home runs in a, in a season you know what was the crazy thing I only heard it because I was scrolling through Instagram I haven't even heard it on TV yet nah. I have like I was watching intentional talk before coming here. I didn't hear them talking about it. I mean, I didn't catch it from the beginning, so I don't know if maybe I missed the segment. But I didn't hear Kevin Kevin Pillar and uh, who's the I'm Kevin Pillar, Kevin Millar, and who's the other guy that works with him? I know who he is, but I don't I don't know his. I, forget I haven't heard them talk about it. And it's not a big news. No, nah. but it's because he's Tim Beckham. Tim Beckham sucks. Like, and he plays for Seattle. Yeah, man, Seattle. So. It's, it's, it it is what it is, man. We know we know what the what the deal is. It's time for the rest of baseball to catch up. But all right. The last topic that I have today, and really it was mostly just to talk about something because you know I we, we could talk about anything, but I had I have been thinking about this recently. Now I had always thought that Javi Baez was a great player. But a little bit overrated in the sense that, like, people were always focused on, like, his, like, his tattoos or, like, the way that he tags people out. Stuff that I don't give a fuck about, yeah. kind of, right? So I always, I'm not going to lie, I was a little bit of, I look kind of a little bit, find him annoying. I used to find it. I still sometimes do. But I got to give credit where credit is due. Javi Baez is, people were saying it, I didn't believe it at first, but 
he's up there when it comes to fielding. Like, he's undeniably top one, two infielders. Put him in second base, third base, shortstop. I'm pretty sure you could put him in the outfield and he'll do good. Like, so... He knows how to play. Yeah. On top of that, he has turned it around offensively where now he's he finished second in MVP voting last year. So, he puts up monstrous number. He strikes out a lot. He's currently leading the league in strikeouts. Uh... He does strike out a lot, but maybe that's maybe that's a, a a byproduct of him trying to hit more home runs. I don't know. He never he didn't strike out this much earlier in his career. He didn't hit this many home runs early in his career either. So, with that being said, uh, I wanted to kind of just talk about like what would Javi Baez make if he were to hit free agency. He's hitting. He's gonna be 29 ish in two years, twenty twenty one, when he hits free agency. The highest paid shortstop to I'm gonna I'm gonna count him as a shortstop because I think shortstops get paid more. So the highest paid shortstop this year is Elvis Andrews with 15.2. I think Xander Borgard becomes the sec the highest paid shortstop next season with his extension that he signed this season, making 20 million a year. Mm-hmm. He's 27. He'll be 27 when he starts making that money. Javi Baez is gonna be 28 going on 29 when he hits free agency. So. Uh, on top of all that, let me just keep adding to this shit. Uh, he fits, uh, to me, he fits the mold of like the current day baseball athlete where he's all about fun. He looks cool. He, he's smooth with everything, hits home runs, pimps it, everything. And, and baseball seems nobody, nobody, nobody criticizes. I've heard more criticism from Bryce Harper than I have from, from, uh, Javi Baez, according to the media. So, Yeah. To me, I'm looking at a guy that's gonna get paid more than Xander Borgards. Yes. So I think I think I think he will be until Francisco Lindor hits the free agency. He will become the highest paid shortstop in the league. I forgot about Francisco Lindor. Wow. He will become. I because I. It's the golden age for shortstops. Because because right before we 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 started this, I'm like I'm surprised that the highest paid shortstop was uh is uh Elvis Andrews. Yeah, but then I started thinking a lot of the top shortstops that we that we are looking at right now are still under club control, and so they're I, they're signing those arbitration deals. Yeah, man. so so that's why they're not they're not up there. So I don't know when Francisco Lindor becomes a free agent. They become a free agent around the same time, or if he comes a free agent a year before, a year after. But if he hits a free, if uh, Javi buys his uh, same same time and two years young, a year or two younger, so he'll be twenty seven ish when he hits free agency. Damn. If he doesn't sign an extension, which we've said we've seen Cleveland saying or the Not owner Cleveland. of Cleveland saying like yeah, enjoy him. While, that's the most fucked up thing. <laughs> <laughs> he's like enjoy him while he's still here. Like, so, anyways, Francisco Lindor is gonna get paid, no doubt. Yeah, but so, I gotta be honest with you, man. I, I wouldn't be shocked if Javi Baez makes more money than than uh than Francisco Lindor. I mean, we're I mean, talk- I would I wouldn't be surprised if it happens. I wouldn't be like, oh wow, really? Yeah, yeah. But I think Francisco Francisco Lindor then is gonna be the highest paid shortstop, and then nah, after yeah. that, after that, it's gonna be Javi Baez. He's gonna be twenty seven or twenty eight. I don't I don't know whether he's gonna be at the end of twenty seven or the beginning of twenty seven, according to this. But he hits our, he hits free agency after twenty twenty one. In 2021, he'll be 27. In 2021, Javi Baez will be 28. So, I mean, damn, man. <laughs> so, I feel like they're both 
are going to make at least, the way baseball players are getting paid now, minimum 25 mil a year. No, yeah, 25 mil a year is definitely... Now, I don't know how many years they're going to get because uh, sometimes with these contracts, it just doesn't make sense sometimes anymore with years. So I'm not going to say, oh, they're going to get 10 years, they're going to get this. I don't know how many years. But I do, I can see them averaging 25 mil a year with their contract. I was Francisco Lindor, Javi Baez. I'll sign that five-year deal. I'll be 33 by the time they're, it's up. That's still You're still going to get a four, at very least. Let's say you don't get the 10-year deal you're looking for. You can sign a four-year deal at the age of 33. Mm-hmm. You're, you're still probably going to be one of the more uh, elite defenders at a, at a position that needs defense, you know, like shortstop. You're still probably going to be cranked with the way the, the home runs are getting hit these days. You're still probably going to be cranking 20, minimum 20 home runs a season. I haven't looked at Francisco Lindor, but I know he missed a lot, a lot he, of time. He already has 20. 20? Because I have, I have out my fantasy, so. I, I, but he already hit 20. He missed, uh, he definitely missed the whole first month. Yeah. I think he came back second week of May, if I'm right. And he already has, he already has 20 home runs. I would say he popped up on the. Francisco Lindor? <laughs> yeah, he just popped up in a commercial. So here, here's Javi Baez' 2019 offensive stats so far. 28 home runs, 885 OPS, uh, 130 hits, which is a lot, and but 133 strikeouts. People say strikeouts don't matter no more. That's what Manny says all the time. I disagree, but Javi Baez kind of overcomes all the strikeouts because he does everything else. Yeah. Like he, his defense is it's 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 run save it's run saving defense. So yeah, well, how everybody look? I disagree with Manny. Also, I don't feel like strikeouts don't matter. I think I, I think strikeouts matter is what I'm saying. I feel like yeah, I feel like they yeah. matter. There are times where they don't. I will agree with that. There's times that all oh, that it just doesn't matter. But there are moments that you cannot tell me. Eighth inning, a guy on second base and you're down by one, and you're like you're okay with the strikeout. Yeah. A strikeout and when and when there's no outs, when a ground ball to second base gets the guy to third, or a ground ball, a ground ball in the, uh, to the outfield scores a runner, a strikeout does matter in those points. Again, I always thought strikeouts matter. Like I always think that like when you get a guy going, let's say you get a guy going zero for four in a game, and those four outs were strikeouts, he didn't contribute shit to that game that that day. Let's say he was a DH and he struck out four times. He didn't contribute shit. Now, let's say he came up those four times with nobody on base and flew out those four times. That's still better than striking out four times because you don't know what's going to happen when you fly out. Anything can happen. Remember Luis Castillo in that game? Mets, Yankees, oh, Teixeira on first. And, and I think dro- a pops it. I'm yeah, sure A-Rod, 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 A-Rod popped it up. Yeah, A-Rod popped it up. And, he, and, he, and there was a guy on second. There wasn't even a guy on third. There was a guy on second. He misses the pop fly. And the guy from second, that thing was up there so long that the Yankees were able to score and then win that game. Yeah. Now, sorry that Manny isn't here to debate, to defend himself. But we talk about it all the time, man. I personally think strikeouts matter. I don't think any player should be striking out 200 times in a season. That's ridiculous. That's crazy. There's only 162 games. You shouldn't be striking out more than, than, <laughs> than one you shouldn't be game. striking out. You shouldn't be striking out. More than 170 times. That's a lot. 
You know, 160 but, times is a lot. And but. the crazy thing is, I know a lot of these, a lot of, a lot of these battle hitters are coming up. It's like, oh, do you know how hard it's to hit with these people throwing so hard, right? Pools has either yet or has maybe once in his career striking out a hundred times, and he's man, he's playing. He's in the downside of his career. He's pools. The most pools has ever striking out was in his rookie year, ninety three times. Ninety three times. He has yet to crack a hundred. That was two. That guy, was two decades ago. And the guy, you could tell that he's not the same. No, he no, he still he's doesn't not. strike out. Nope. So you can't tell me that it's, it's a lot harder to hit pitches these days. And from what you were saying, a guy that goes over four and strikes out four times, he didn't contribute. Shit. Shit. Literally squats that goddamn game. Right, but a guy can go over four, and like I said, hit a ground ball to second, move that runner over. Yeah. Uh, fly out to right and move that runner over, or he, or even or even ground out. Right, like hit a ground ball and make the guy cause an error, which is it still counts as an out, like in his batting average. But now he's on base with a strikeout. The only way you get on base is if the catcher drops the ball, and most of the time, if he drops the ball, you still get thrown out at first. Yeah. Because most of the time, the batters are not even running. Yep. So you can go over for without a strikeout and contribute to that game. Now, guys guys like Aaron Judge are, like, the exception. This is, this is the same thing I say, like, DeGrom was the exception last year. Like, mm-hmm. to me, well, this is a different argument with the whole wins and losses shit with a pitcher. I do not want to get into that. Trust no, me, no, no, I don't want to get into it. But I consider DeGrom an exception. I consider Aaron Judge an exception because Aaron Judge is the one guy that's going to strike out, lead the league in strikeouts, but he's getting on base, top two yeah, guys on getting on, on base. He's getting on base. All right, whatever, that's cool. But you can't tell me strikeouts, like, it has to do something to your psyche. Like, if you're striking out three, four times a game, and, like, you can't – it's striking out is not just about producing an out. You're not, you're not putting the ball in play. You're not making contact. With the baseball, you're not doing something that you're paid to do. So to me, strikeouts like it's it's a to me it's a big deal. So I'm I just want to see how many times this one guy. Who? All right. So for instance, see what Aaron Judge like you said he's an exception because the guy he still gets on base on a high clip. Yeah. But a guy like how we just mentioned before who got suspended for the 80 game, Tim Beckham should not be striking out 102 times mm-hmm. to this point in the season. You are not that good. Your on-base uh, percentage is at 293. Yeah. You shouldn't be thinking that, oh, strikeouts don't mean anything. No. You should do a better job of not striking out, putting the ball in play, and contributing to your goddamn team. Yeah, Especially Yo, like, if you're taking PEDs and you still suck. Don't strike out. <laughs> lay a bunt down. Lay a bunt down. Let's get back to bunting, yeah. <laughs> For real. You are, I was talking to this with Andrew the other day. I'm still mad about that one game. I forgot who the rest has played. But it was uh, it was Hernandez up to bat in the ninth spot. We had somebody on second. We could have bunted him over to third and have our top of the lineup, Mookie, uh, Devers, and uh, and Xander Borgarts up. And we could have tied the game because what the Mookie did, he hit a fly ball to right and moved the runner to third. That oh, runner, so you're saying bunt? Yeah, he could have. We could have bunted over, tied the game. I forget what team we played against. But what happened? No, Cora, and I don't like I don't shit on Cora because I think he's a good ass manager. But Cora fucked up right there. He didn't call for a bunt. And what happened? All we Mookie Mookie flew out, flew out to right. The runner moved to third. Um, uh, the next the next two people grounded out. I think strikeout. 
And we lose the game right there. You got to be shitting me, man. Yo, I mean... Bunts win game. They don't always win games, but they could win games. <laughs> this, this is the world that we're living in right now. Oh, man. All right. So that's it. That was the episode. Uh, we don't have to end the episode right here. We can talk whatever the hell we want to talk about. It's my podcast. I mean, yeah, we any 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 final remarks you want to add? Anything to the baseball world? Anything at all? Did you watch? Have you been keeping up with Dragon Ball Super? Like, I mean, anything good? Yeah, I'm just waiting to watch World, the next episode. I told you I caught up with. I told you I caught up with everything, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah but I couldn't watch it in Japanese. So what are you? Yeah. So what are you up to right now with Dragon Ball um, Super? So you know how they're doing that little tournament thing to mm-hmm. see what universe? I'm at the. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm at the point that. No, I forgot what you, the second universe this guy eliminated. So it's pretty much Goku's universe versus the the that other universe with the guy that looks with the big ass black eyes. I forget mm-hmm. what his name is. Uh, yeah, I, they're they're like the elite universe. Or yeah, something. they have like the elite squad or something. Yeah, they have that elite squad. Okay. So it's, right now it's them that they're about to go at it. There's ten minutes left. Yeah, this is one thing I was talking with Andrew. Oh, what what's what's annoying about Dragon Ball Z and <laughs> Super and shit? Well, so annoying. All right. Yeah, that, that whole tournament is like 45 minutes, right? <laughs> 45 minutes. Every, uh, and I get it. They're fighting against super speed, so maybe everything that we're supposed to be watching is But no, like that's, not the, that's not the case, though. Because right? they talk. They talk the way we talk. They, yeah. have, they hold conversations so, for five minutes. <laughs> maybe they talk super fast. You know? No, they don't. <laughs> no, they don't. So, right? Every episode. We do, I'm just doing Every episode is what? 20, 25 minutes? Like, if you count commercials, like, something like that? There's 45, that tournament's supposed to be 45 minutes. That, that tournament is like 50 episodes long. It's the whole thing. It's so goddamn long. <laughs> the whole, the like, whole, the whole season or the whole 100 episodes leading up to the end of the, what's currently out there is the tournament. Yeah. Like, and. <laughs> so, 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 no, so, so, so this is funny, right? Like, <laughs> all right, episode ends. Look at the the voice comes out and they start talking like, oh, Goku, blah, 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 blah. There's still like 20 minutes left to the end of the, to the end of the tournament, right? And I'm like, damn, before this episode, it was like, still like only like 25 minutes. I'm like, yeah, in those 30 minutes of this whole goddamn episode, you only show five minutes of the goddamn tournament? And it's like, yo, why, why put a time on it? Why not just tell us that this, this tournament is still the finish? Why did yeah. you, why did you have to put a time limit on it? Knowing that you're gonna, that you can't in in DBZ and, and all that stuff, you can't you can't stick with the with time, like right. And if you're gonna show this many fighting scenes, like right now, right right the last episode I saw, it cuts it like right right when the episode finished, it was like oh 10 minutes left to to like the end of the tournament. And I'm like holy shit, yo, there's still 10 minutes left, like. And you're gonna and it, and I know there's gonna be some serious fights because like well people that I've talked that have watched it already they're like yo the like the last couple fight scenes are like the best because like he's fighting like that big guy and I know these fight scenes are gonna last a guy more than goddamn ten minutes. <laughs> oh, you're in for you're in for quite a surprise when it comes to Dragon Ball Super. But I'm just gonna go ahead and end the episode right here, guys. Once again, this podcast is brought to you by AudibleTrail.com.
audibletrail.com or audibletrail by itself doesn't have to be .com but visit audibletrail.com forward slash welcome to the show for a free audiobook download and a 30 day free trial and once again please just take out a minute of your day to leave a review for this podcast Manny usually says that make it a five star rating but you know what make it any kind of rating I want the good feedback I want the real feedback all right uh what else does he say yeah music by vm varga artwork by luigi gomez my brother i forget what his instagram handle is but (laughs) but follow vm varga on instagram he did the music shout out to him uh i want to thank my cousin ivy for coming over here and doing this episode with me because i wouldn't have done it by myself because it's awkward for me to talk in a room by myself to do a, a whole hour and a half worth of baseball content all right um shout out to Manny for you know living it up in the DR where I want to be right now. <laughs> but seriously, Ivy, thank you for coming on. Any final words that you want to say, just speak to the mic, man. The floor is yours. Nah, no final words. All I want to say is thank you for having me on, CT. Anytime you need me, I'm available to come on. You, you know, just shoot me a text. Hell yes, most definitely. I do have your number, so I'll be shooting you a text. Now, I'm going to end this episode, all right? Peace out. Goodbye, America.